0: And welcome, once again, to another episode of the Horizon Roundtable. I am Bob McDonald, and you can find me on Twitter at Bob McDonald. And joining me, of course, is my co-host Matt Dudek. Hey there, everybody. And Matt, you can find on Twitter at GrizzTalkOU, and you can follow the show on Twitter at HorizonRT, as well as on Facebook at Horizon Roundtable. I don't know how many friends we have, uh, you yeah. know, Matt. You have any idea who how many people like us? I have no idea.
1: <laughs> not very many. I don't think something's set up right on that. I need to fix it. Something's weird with the followers on there. I don't know, but it's there.
0: It's definitely there. He, he's calling the platform weird, not the actual followers. I'm not. Yeah, so I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> oh, but, yes. but, but there we are. But um, but Matt, we we actually you know the the season has started and there's just one more game. There's actually just uh, games have been played. But there's just one play, one team that has not yet started, and we were we're recording, we're actually recording this during the week, but we'll, we'll post this on right at the day that they're going to be playing, and that's uh, that's Detroit Mercy, and I'm really excited to have the voice of Detroit Mercy, Dan Hasty, on. What's up, guys? Bob Mag, good to talk to you. Yes, thank and thank you for joining us. We really appreciate. We've been. Uh, Small story. Uh, small aside. Um, Dan does. Uh, Dan is spends the summer and I spends the summer uh, calling minor league baseball, and we've been hit or, hit or We've been hit or miss for about what three months now.
2: <laughs> Man, yeah, that might be putting it likely. This
0: is kind of one of those like at long last we finally got to do it type of things. This is good. Yes, absolutely, because I know we've been talking a lot on on the podcast, we've talked a lot about the whole situation, what's going on with Detroit Mercy and everything, so we, we got the man on now, so you know it's great to have you on.
2: It's good to be here, no thanks guys, it's uh, kind of a, a mystery as to what this team is going to be when it comes to Detroit Mercy, so we'll, we'll try, there's a lot to
0: unpack here. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> But I believe Matt had a question for uh, uh, had the first wanted to ha- have the first question. Um, so yeah, let it uh, let rip, Matt.
2: So, Dan, as a
1: uh, fellow Michigander, obviously, you know, we follow a lot of the same teams. I've followed your career for a while. So this is a really important question for me. Uh, what are the Tigers going to do next year? Because this is looking worse and worse. <laughs>
2: Oh brother, you got another hour. How long can we do this now? Uh, Maybe that's a different podcast. That might be my bad, man. I, I believe I, I believe I won one of those podcasts. Um, no, I, You know what? This there's there's a lot there's a lot that needs to be done there, and you know, from from a creative aspect, I think it's important for those guys to figure things out from that perspective. You know the. They're kind of behind the eight ball in a couple of very critical ways. Now they do have a couple of high-end performers, but they need a little bit more help behind, like these, like three or four big prospects that they have. And uh, like you said, that might be a whole other show. But they just need a little bit more of a supporting cast to support a couple of headliners.
0: So, well, I mean, and that,
2: that's hard to find.
1: Isn't that kind of what's going on in Detroit Mercy? You know who the star is, but then you got to figure out what the supporting cast. Isn't there kind of Kind of a lineage there, a little line between them.
2: Ah, I see what you've done now. Yeah, you know it's funny. What is it about Detroit-based teams <laughs> that have like superstars, but then like nobody behind them? You know what I mean? Like so, every, it... it feels like every Detroit team has like like a star or two. And then just nothing for the rest of the roster. So <laughs> that, now uh, <laughs> we don't know what Detroit Mercy is in terms of their their supporting guys. Isn't that how, the, isn't yeah, that's that's how the Pistons? Isn't
0: that how the Pistons won a uh, won a uh, NBA championship with just some guys? I mean, it works sometimes, I guess. <laughs> well, even that even
2: that Pistons team you're talking about, like they didn't have. One bona fide star, just yeah. in the sense that they stood above the other stars. That's right. They had some guys, <laughs> like like right now, the Pistons have Blake Griffin. Yes, and that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> just not on the floor. <laughs> like like, and Andre Drummond is whatever you think of him. I don't think he's a superstar by any stretch. But you know, I mean, you look and you see like with Detroit Mercy, you see Antoine Davis, and you know that this is the guy that not only is taking the ball up the court but is also, you know, looking for his shot. And it's too bad because it would have been nice for Detroit Mercy to add a point guard or a really solid ball handler. And I don't know if they found that. So that means that Davis is going to be essentially the point guard and shooting guard simultaneously. And it's one of his areas of his game that's a bit of a weakness, creating his own shot. You give him an open look, he'll bury it. I mean, he's, he's sure. so good at that. He's probably the best in the conference, if not the best, you know, far beyond the conference. But, you know, so basically taking the ball out of his hands helps him. Putting the ball in his hands doesn't. It might be better long-term for his development, but you'd love to see what he can do. Kind of like in a Michael Red in his prime huh. sort of way. Just a okay. guy that runs around screens with a quick shot release, just a, like a dead-on accuracy kind of guy.
0: So I'm glad I'm glad we're, we we we've segued into the the I mean it it's obviously you know and it's Antoine Davis's world we're just living in it right now, um, but I mean I'm glad you brought up the, the the whole some guys thing because we we're we're still kind of grasping for who exactly is going to be um who who's going to be who's going to be playing alongside him now as i as i understand it they uh, detroit did get kind of a big boost uh last week when they announced that uh Justin Miller got his uh, his transfer waiver the uh, the, uh the, the 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 forward out of uh Louisiana Lafayette i want to say right
2: yeah and, and you know what i guess
0: if you look at it from
2: this way there might be a little bit of an advantage this year in terms of spacing. So last year their next best option was Josh McBoley, you know, another backcourt guy, you know, so basically, you know, they they were just playing, you know, kind of hot potato in the backcourt. Mm-hmm. But now Antoine Davis has somebody he can throw the ball to down low and if Miller can draw in a double team or so then all of a sudden, if you have good ball movement, you can find an open Davis. So I'm sure they'll really feed off of that. They didn't have that last year. They didn't have, you know, they had Gerald Blackshear, who was not even cracking five points a game. And for for a big guy, 6'9", 6'10", he wasn't rebounding the basketball. This guy isn't as tall as Blackshear was, but he rebounds more. And I think he scored 9-7 and last year at Louisiana Lafayette. So the numbers support that he could actually be considered more of a threat. Uh, got a chance to watch him in the scrimmage against Central Michigan, kind of a closed-door scrimmage, and he was great. 23 minutes, 18 points, 13 rebounds. I mean, really, really, really strong in limited work. So I'm sure they're going to lean on him quite a bit.
0: Huh, interesting. Um, and I guess, that I mean, <laughs> beyond, beyond Justin Miller, I mean, I, I guess I should ask. I mean, who else who else do we got now? Who else who else is uh who else is with with the Titans? Obviously, we all know that, you know, Dwayne uh we we all know that uh Derrick Rose's nephew and Brad Calipari are here, but you know, who else do we got? Who else do we do, does does Mike what who who else does Mike Davis have uh have sitting there waiting in the wings?
2: Doesn't it feel like the price is right? Come on down. <laughs> uh so I, I would say at this point, once you get beyond Justin Miller, I, I think you really are. I mean, B.J. Maxwell's another guard, and we're talking about the lack of a ball handler. Uh-huh. If there's
1: any...
0: Uh-oh. We didn't lose him, did we? <laughs> I, I lost. I don't hear him. You got me, guys? You got Yes! Me. Okay, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Little technical difficulties, folks. Nothing to be worried about. You were t- that's right.
2: That's what you get for living out in the boonies. Uh, uh,
0: so you were t- you were asking about. So who else? Yeah. you, so you, 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 you know, were starting I, on I BJ Ma- Maybe Mac. Maybe BJ Mac. Maybe that's the secret code word, BJ Maxwell, that that calls you. You know, makes your phone go out. I don't know.
2: <laughs> yeah, BJ
0: Maxwell, the guy the government doesn't want you to know
2: about. Uh, no, but <laughs> you know that you know, he, know that we drag- we have
0: turned. T- t- you know that's going to stick in the with the Horizon League fans now. Right?
2: That's right. That's right. He's the best kept secret. Don't talk about it.
0: Uh, no, but he's actually hurt right now. So
2: uh, he's got a hand injury. Don't know if we're going to see him right out of the shoot. but once they do get unhealthy, then we're talking about a potential, you know, backcourt, you know, guy who can bring the ball up, a ball handler, and that can help make Antoine Davis a little more effective beyond that. I think it really just becomes who can take a step forward particularly as a sophomore, because they have this group of sophomores that were under Mike Davis last year's first recruiting class when he had an entirely new roster. And by the way, since he got there, 100% roster turnover since that time. But Willie Isiani, uh, he averaged almost eight a game. Uh, he's a six foot eight guy who shoots threes. So he's a guy that stretches the floor. So he'll be your stretch four. Chris Brandon. He had some pretty good games. He's you know what? And we just kind of mentioned Andre Drummond. He's kind of an Andre Drummond-esque kind of player in the sense where he just has to stay locked in. And he can check in and he can check out. So there's something that you to kind of keep an eye on with Chris Brandon. But other than that, Bocajul, Marquise Moore, a couple of guys with size. I really like Marquise Moore's game. He's just a little bit of everything. I mean, he can stuff a stat sheet, you know, give him a year or so, maybe even this year we'll see some more flashes of that. But it's going to be about those guys, especially those sophomores. Can they, after a year under Mike Davis, take that next step forward? Because that's what Mike Davis demands, and he he expects a lot, and I think his kids know that. That's why they stick around.
0: Yeah, well, you mentioned mentioned a lot. Obviously, the the lot part is definitely for him. At the very least, the schedule. I mean, you you start the uh, D- D- Detroit Mercy starts out like gangbusters because you start out with you know the one a one 2 AT- ACC punch in North Carolina, and then a week later at Clemson. I mean that that, that that's got. I mean, and, and then all and then two days later they're 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 going all the way to Wyoming. What yeah, I love the I love to see the frequent flyer miles on that.
2: Yeah, no kidding. Who's getting those Marriott points? That's what I want to know. But, you know, you look at NC State. you got to call dibs. um, I'm curious. (laughs) right? I'm not sure what NC State really is yet. I mean, they've got some some talent. Markel Johnson's there, and we'll get a look at him coming up, uh, if you're listening to this on Sunday, a little bit later on this afternoon. But uh, Markel Johnson leads that team. They just lost to Georgia Tech in their season opener, so they're going to be – they're hungry for their first win. But then it's off to Clemson and, and like you said, Wyoming. But, you know, we, that was one of the things we knew about MD, Mike Davis, when he got to Detroit Mercy. He was going to schedule some of the biggest and most well-known teams that Detroit Mercy could possibly find. Sure, and, sure. You know, when you're looking around and you see, you know, different teams in the horizon league playing, you know, you know, what is it, uh, University of Phoenix. Yes. I mean, you know, you feel pretty good when you get a chance to play against NC State, even if you know you're going to come into that game at a pretty significant disadvantage. But Gonzaga comes up, with there's Notre Dame on the schedule. Uh-huh. So, you know, hopefully next year with Brad Calipari around, I wouldn't be shocked at all if we saw Kentucky on the schedule for next season. Interesting. So, you know, it's just one of the ways that Mike Davis has noticed that he's able to prepare his team. and It makes for a lot of fun. Yeah. You know, it's it's funny because as an Oakland
1: fan, when Oakland first joined the Horizon, you know, before your time at Mercy, Dan, uh, we caught a lot of flack. Or Campy got, actually, that's not, not even a week. Campy got a lot of flack for his scheduling. It was very similar. But now, pretty much the whole Horizon, especially with Mike Davis there, is doing that. And it's just gone from, uh, oh, they're dropping the RPI and they're going to get crushed by all these teams to, hey, this makes sense and pre- prepares you, makes your team better. And that, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. And that's I, I, I actually like seeing the schedule that way. Um, I wish well, you know what's just...
2: funny is that after last year, and Mike Davis could only do so much with last year's schedule. He had showed up basically inheriting what the previous regime had put in place, but he did have a couple of extra games he was able to work on. I think they got Butler and Xavier on his watch, but once they got through the non-conference schedule, a schedule that they really struggled in, as we kind of expected, they Really did well out of the gate in conference play. I mean, they beat Wright State. They gave Northern Kentucky a run for their money, and Oakland. That game was was pretty close, but they went five and two in their first seven conference games. So clearly, the non-conference schedule. You can make the argument that it helped. Were they able? They were not able to sustain that, but Uh they they did have their game elevated once they hit conference play. Now it's just a matter of keeping it there. Uh Do
1: you think? That there's a an effect on the home crowd when you know the team's gone for that long and you don't really get a chance to know them until conference play starts. Do you think that affects the ho- the home crowd? Gets the you know especially you know your your students, your younger students involved, or that you lose
2: that? Does that have an effect in your opinion? You know what? I, I guess that is kind of up in the air still. I just don't know how much that's a priority. Um, you know, I, I think when it comes to You know, Detroit Mercy basketball fans, they they certainly have enough reasons to to come out. They know, you know, who's going to be taking the majority of the shots. And, you know, you look at all these different projections and different ratings, and we're talking about a kid in Antoine who's, you know, a, a top fifty player in the country. Mm-hmm. And probably and I don't think it's a stretch to say he's easily the best NBA draft prospect in the entire conference, depending on whether or not he leaves. But sure. Sure, you know, so so there's a huge draw there. Um no, I, I don't think the fact that they're away, if anything, I think it puts them on television. I think it puts them in the consciousness a little bit more if they're playing a team like Clemson, or if they're playing a team like Gonzaga, rather than you know than if they're playing you know you know no offense but like U of M Dearborn, like <laughs> I think it's just I, I think it's just a different ball game, and at least now we're like worthy of being on the ESPN scroll every
0: single night. Ben, wait, I I I, uh, I was do we have you U of M Dearborn fans listening to the show? I mean, you know, thanks for listening if you are. I mean, but um I, i'm sure there are nothing but good things for
2: your club team in the future uh all right i have
1: a uh, other question for dan too as we were talking about all the like the different pieces kind of falling into place i keep hearing a rumor that there's you know spots open still on the team and there's an international big that might be available for the second semester can you shed any light on that is that just fans talking is there anything to that or what do you know about that
2: Okay. So I don't, I have no clue. I have not heard a single thing on that. I like to refer to this as the pyramid scheme because Mm -hmm. apparently he's Egyptian. (laughs) And so I have, I have no idea who this person is, but from everybody that I've read, you know, and I read message boards and things like that. I see that Mike Davis has talked on different occasions about this, mystery egyptian big man that he's working on having by next month i haven't seen any egyptian big men in practice so until one shows up i haven't seen or or got anything on the record so I, i mean i don't expect to see anything like that but they do lack for size so if they do need one position probably more than the others they probably need some help under the hoop
0: now verbal, yeah. Uh, I'm glad you brought that up because uh, you know per verbal commits, they still uh, Detroit Mercy still has three scholarships left. I mean, obviously they didn't need them all. I mean, you don't really need one for Antoine Davis, so you're good on that front. Um, what is it? I I see, and you you point to, to this mystery Egyptian guy um, as a potential you know mid season kind of person coming in. Doesn't of, that sound like when somebody says like, oh yeah, I have a girlfriend. She's from Canada.
2: She's actually <laughs> there now.
0: Yeah. That sounds about right. Um, but at the I didn't mean same... to derail you. To no, back. no.
1: I could have really derailed this, cause, but, Mike, I, but we're just going to keep going. Mike da- <laughs> so,
0: so Mike Davis' Egyptian girlfriend. There you go. <laughs> I <don't know>. Cleopatra. <laughs> something like that anyway um <laughs> any, i mean well you guys are close to canada so i mean that 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 excuse might actually work uh, in detroit <laughs> so um <laughs> But um, it, when you look at the when you look at the kind of the the unfilled the, the what what are kind of the drawbacks to that though I mean yes you might get somebody in you know second sem- uh, you know se- uh, you, uh, spring semester but at the same time then you uh, you also run the risk of you know not having not having a scholarship not having scholarship athletes for the depth I think I mean is it because is it because they brought in some of these some of these guys who basically don't need a scholarship is that, is that does it matter even well
2: you know i think the way it's working at least this season is you know let's we haven't really even talked about this but you know at the moment detroit mercy is you know ineligible for yes. postseason and now were they likely to make it i mean it's hard to find a list that has detroit mercy at the top of the horizon league although mm-hmm. crazier things have certainly happened i mean Tremors, who's picked a finish dead last, last year and ended up True. in a tie for sixth. So they they clearly exceeded those expectations, courtesy of probably a particular player. But, you know, so they, they find themselves, you know, in this spot where they can't make the postseason. And I kind of wonder if Mike Davis is going to say, you know what, I'm not going to dedicate three scholarships to these kids who are coming through when I can go find three transfers next year, keep Antoine for a junior season, surround him with transfers, and then really make a run at this thing the right way. That's kind of my sneaking suspicion. Because huh, okay. I don't think Antoine Davis goes pro after his sophomore year. I, I interesting. Just, you know, I, I knowing Antoine and knowing his father like like I've been able to get to know over the past year I don't think there's any chance that he goes to the NBA, but I mean, if he has an amazing season and he gets on a national platform then sure, but you know, that's very possible, but you're going to have to continue to have those great games on those bigger stages. And it really hurts if you're not in the NCAA tournament And right now, they're considered ineligible for that. So I don't see a scenario where he's not back for a third season. So I think keeping those scholarships open potentially gives Mike Davis the flexibility to surround him with more talent.
0: That was probably why it was kind of a surprise that Justin Miller got the transfer waiver, got his transfer waiver. Cause obviously, you know, he's, he's coming in and theoretically he could have came in, you know, he could have been denied and waited a year and get Therefore getting into that situation uh, of next year where the APR ban is not even a factor anymore. Um, to which, and I know we've talked about it. We've, Beat this subject to death. (laughs) Um, This whole entire, the whole entire situation surrounding Detroit Mercy's APR ban. Um, And the fact we're sitting, we're recording this on November 6th. And the NCAA has still not made any kind of decision about this. Is that, you know, are we at a point where it doesn't even really matter anymore? That, that Detroit Mercy isn't that you know that you know the appeal is still processing because we're kind of at a point that you know the season is about to start and we have no idea what's going you know nobody knows what's going on. I mean, does it really does it really matter anymore? <laughs> really, really?
2: Not at it? this point. No, not not at this point. You know, you're, we're so close to the season starting. I mean, that that was certainly a bigger issue, I would say, in the off season mm-hmm. because and look, I mean. Uh, we can uh, I'm sure they can say well one thing or another on this but it can't help it can't help in recruiting it it, it, it cannot be an asset for you but sure. it's a one-year thing so you know and, and in some ways you look at it and you go okay well this in one way might actually keep a, a certain player here for another year so it, it, is it all bad so you know you try to find you know the positives within that and that certainly could be one of those. So no, but we're so far into the game now where I mean the team you have is the team you have, and of course, you'd like to get a couple of other pieces. But I think they're they're in as good a shape as can be asked given their circumstances. and they're when they're well coached, they really are. I mean, they have a a head a head coach and a coaching staff that has that kind of killer instinct. They just need the players to find a way to grow into that similar mindset. and that's hard.
0: Sure. and I have long, and I have long. They've got one. They've got one player right now who buys into that. They just need the rest on board. There right? you go. Yeah. Well, as I as I've long said, you 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 uh, you discount uh, Mike Davis at your peril. Because I mean, no kidding. Well, we're talking again. We're talking about a guy who we're, we're talking about a guy who who had the unenviable task of having to take over for Bobby Knight at in Indiana. <laughs> I mean his whole thing is turning turning programs around. He you know after Indiana he went to UAB and then you know obviously his run at at, at Texas Southern was nothing short of phenomenal. Um and you look at the and and you can and, and I I his whole thing it looks like is leave it where better than you found it cuz you know even even now Texas Southern is really doing you know he laid the foundation for Texas Southern to be su- still be successful.
2: Yeah, you know what? And we talked about the Tigers at the very beginning of this. You know who Mike Davis kind of reminds me of in terms of, like, how he would equate to baseball? For, for you fans out there, I would say Buck Showalter is a name to keep in mind. I think Buck Showalter has always been a guy that's come into a place, and while he hasn't necessarily – one big there and that's the difference because Mike Davis has won something significant both in Indiana and when he was at Texas Southern but he's always left programs and in Buck Showalter's case he's left teams better than when he found them and that's one thing that Davis does have that track record for and you know whatever happens down the road you know there's there's going to be a lot of good teams on this schedule and with Antoine Davis having gone through the program I mean there's, there's a lot of things that will give this group momentum, and that's kind of one of those ripple effects throughout the whole university, especially since this is one of the first times that they've been really excited about a particular player at this level.
0: And, and that's, that's really saying something, because Detroit, obviously Detroit Mercy has, that his, has the history of those IT players, With, be it Ray McCallum Jr., be it Willie Green., be it Rashad Phillips, and I'm sure I'm missing somebody out of there. <laughs> I'm not you dead. can go farther
2: back, too. I mean, you, you you can go back, you know, fifty, sixty years. You talked about all that history. I mean, there's yeah. so many banners hanging up in that place. I mean Terry Durod or Kyroson. I mean, there's just so many different guys, Terry Tyler. I mean they, they they've always had these stars, but you mentioned Rashad Phillips, and really, yeah, since Rashad left, Mm-hmm. They really haven't had a player at that level until now. Like, you know, Ray mm-hmm. McCallum, he was, he was a great sure. player. And But now I think it's pretty clear that, that Davis is one of the biggest things they've had going in a couple of decades.
0: And it's funny. It's funny. Uh, yeah. And, and I know that, you know, we've had Rashad on the show. We've had Rashad on the show before. Um, unfortunately, again, missed him all summer. We were hoping to get him on the show, too, because he just had uh, one thing he did do. Um, as I know, you know, because uh, I'm subscribed to you know, Rashad Phillips's YouTube channel, he actually had a one on one with Antoine Davis that I have up there.
2: You know, yeah. there's something I really like, and we haven't got a chance to really talk about his game per se. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to Antoine, one of the things that people really don't talk about a whole lot mm-hmm. is the fact that this kid's got a little bit of an attitude. And there's a little bit of a nasty streak in his game. And that's sure. one thing we talked about having that killer instinct. He just has it. And <laughs> they probably yeah. don't want me telling you this, but I'll tell you this anyway. <laughs> but there was a moment in the scrimmage last week against central Michigan, where they thought central Michigan was complaining about too many foul calls. And Davis stepped back and right in the face of a defender hit a three. <laughs> and as he turned the hustle back on defense, he started to rub his eyes like boohoo hoo. -hoo." it was great (laughs) it was so good and i'm just like i love this kid you know i'm i'm
1: on record as you know as an oakland fan i love to hate on detroit mercy as of until a week ago when i now hate cleveland state more but that's a different discussion but um i I gotta say anton davis is a player i can't wait until he graduates so i can root for him i really like everything about his game i like his demeanor even even his online presence He, he i like the kid a lot i just don't, I can't root for him yet, but I can't wait until I can because I, I, I think he's going to be great, and I, I like that stuff. He's got that little bit of a streak. Yeah. Um. Even last yeah. year when you know D- Dad Mike Davis was complaining about you know what he thought was a lot of grabs and stuff on Antoine. Antoine's pretty quiet. He just was trying to get his shot. Like I, you don't see him complaining a whole lot on the floor, which which I appreciate. And like I said, I'm I'm excited to see where he goes in a year or two. Whenever he sure. does go, I'll sure. I'll, I'll become an
2: an Antoine fan then. And, and, you know, and we talked about Michael Redd, but, you know, th- there's, there's no shame in having a career a la Jordan Crawford, Sure, you know, a guy who stays in the league for a long time, maybe not necessarily a starter, but a guy that just comes off the bench and can bury threes for mm-hmm. him. And we know that Antoine Davis can do that in bunches. There is a place in the league for him. I don't think there's any doubt about that. It's going to be a question of, you know, the thing about Antoine is he just has to put on some weight. He's sure. so rail-thin skinny, and he's – I mean, last year it was pretty clear that while outstanding and very talented, he was not physically built to handle the beating of a full season. And, you know, we, you know, you looked at his high school numbers, he didn't go to high school, he was homeschooled, so he played in a couple different circuit leagues, but he didn't play a lot. So uh-huh. the grind of the season really, really kind of took him down – so now this year, it's going to be finding a way to finish out the mm-hmm. season strong. Well, that was and something put... that
0: that I brought up last year um, when when you know obvi- when we were in the resurgence of Antoine Davis, we did see we we did see kind of, and I brought it up a couple of times that you know he came out like a you know he came out <sighs> shot out of a cannon, and I always thought my my concern, of course, was always that. Wow, he's, you know, how long, how can he endure, you know, how is, how is he going to, you know, he's great now, how is he going to do, you know, near the end of the season? I, I did see, I did notice that, you know, he did kind of have, he did have some, you know, some down games, but by and large, he was he was pretty consistent throughout the conference season. It also probably helped he had a second scoring option, option in Josh McFally, too.
2: Yeah, that certainly helped. Um, And it's one of those cases where the the numbers and the eye test were different. Um, You know, he still was able to score pretty consistently as to his per game average. He was up around 28, 29 a game. I think he finished at 26. Mm -hmm. But you could see that he was essentially having to go about it in a very different way down the stretch. Whereas maybe in the first half of conference and a non-conference, He was able to, you know, cross over a defender, step back, and hit a three. More toward the end of the season, even though he was still hitting threes, he wasn't hitting as many, and he realized that he needed to get to the line. And in doing so, it was starting to really take a toll. Because, I mean, to get to the line, you've got to go to the hoop. If you're going to go to the hoop, you're going to get hit. So, you know, he had to kind of decide, all right, I'm going to trade in, you know, the step-back three for the up-team's time and go to the hoop instead. So we'll see if this offseason got him a little bit stronger and more prepared because if he can do that, he's going to be a lot fresher. And that's another thing. I mean, kind of like you know, with the way the Pistons are with Derrick Rose right now. They don't want to run him out you know, 35 minutes a night. And I'm sure Mike Davis would love to have anybody who could handle the basketball in a way that he trusts to give Antoine even the smallest breaks because he is going to play 35 a night, sure. but you don't want him playing 40. Sure. So who,
1: who else is hand on the ball? Like is Calipari actually part of the rotation or is he a stunt for the name? Like, I mean, we talked about who else is there, but who, who's actually in the rotation right now as of like the scrimmage that you
2: watched. So basically in terms of what I think the five will be, uh, I think a guy that we haven't talked about yet is uh, alain Legrand uh, junior out of Harlem. He transferred from from community college. I think we'll see some of him. He's just kind of a Swiss army knife. Um, So I think they'll give him a chance to, you know, play his way into a significant role. Uh, Chris Brandon, uh, we talked about him kind of trying to take that step forward as a sophomore. If they can get BJ Maxwell back, he was a 10 and five guy at Abilene Christian last year. I'm sure they would love to see what he could do. He's a, you know, kind of one of those guys they're relying on to take the McFally role, but, We'll see if he's able to get healthy soon. Um, Dwayne Rose, I don't really know what to expect from him. Super athletic, uh, tough finishing at the basket at least so far. Thinking like Rodney Stuckey, like, Uh, but he's uh, he he is definitely an athlete, and he's got a lot of things to his game that can translate if he can just finish at the hoop. Um, but Calipari, you, you, you mentioned him, uh, haven't seen him enough to think he'll be a mainstay, at least in the starting lineup could see him coming off the bench. He is a spot up three. Um, so you're hoping kind of considering his background, maybe a three and D kind of player. Um, but that's kind of, and then a Willie Isiani. I mean, he's certainly going to be somebody that they bounce off of and try to get some open looks for. He, he loves to shoot the three. I mean, our big running joke on the sidelines last year was, will Willie ever shoot a two-point shot? <laughs> I mean, oh, there, there was a point where I think he had about 19 field goal attempts, and 18 of them were from three. So he's just that kind of guy. So, you know, and, and you know what? With the lack of size Detroit Mercy has, to take their four and get another big body away from the basket that does help increase Detroit Mercy's chances under the hoop. It becomes a simple numbers game.
0: So this is wh- this is where uh, this is where Mike Davis's uh, Canadian girlfriend would be good to have. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would call her, but she actually disconnected her phone. So, <laughs> uh, so you, you, when you look at when you look at the Horizon League as a whole, I mean, this we, we've again we've talked about this as well. Um, Plenty of times, you know, the the big thing, the general consensus is that Wright State's the team to beat. The general consensus is that you know Cleveland State and IUPUI are going to be at the bottom. But that that two through eight, which Detroit Mercy is 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 a part of, um, you could throw a blanket over those guys, uh, all all those teams. So when you how, so say for you know best case scenario, the NCAA. You know, comes down and says, "We're sorry, guys. Our bad. Here, your appeal is approved, and now you're eligible for now you're eligible for things." What would it take? What? It, where? Where do you see? Where do you see Detroit Mercy kind of in that log jam between two through eight at this point? Even in the in a best case scenario where they are actually they do get their eligibility for postseason back. <laughs> you, you know, they're they're
2: kind of like like the old song, Bohemian Rhapsody, when the band Queen made them, either they're going to be a huge hit or a huge flop. Like, there's really not a whole lot in between for this squad. You know, I saw them picked as low as nine. I mean, they were picked 10th last year, and
0: Mm -hmm. they were able
2: to go out and exceed those numbers. But, you know, I, I think they could just as easily, especially since what you just talked about. There is really... There's no clear-cut second team behind Wright State. You can maybe make a case for Northern Kentucky, but they're in a coaching transition. Those are always a little bit tough. Uh, UIC is a really interesting team. I really like UIC this year. Um, Green Bay. I-, I guess we'll wait and see what what that squad looks like. But I, I liked what they had on the court last year. Uh, Green Bay. They- they're just they're just good. I mean, <laughs> last year Sandy Cohen was. You know outstanding obviously they lost him but mm-hmm. uh, I think you know you could just as easily see Detroit finishing somewhere around three maybe two or three as you could around eight or nine but I do think that they're well coached and I do think that that has a huge bearing on just a couple of games I, I think a good head coach can win you a, a two or three games in the course of a given year so you know if they scrape in I can see them scraping into the tournament um but you know, right now it's hard to go against right states. They just have so much talent. Yeah. Uh, you know, L- Loudon Love is just a handful down there. You know, although Detroit was able to contain him pretty well. The rest of the Horizon League did not, and I'd expect to have him come back and sure. have a pretty big year. I assume at the end of the day, it's going to be a two-horse race between Loud and Love and Antoine Davis for the Player of the Year.
0: That would be that would be that's uh, again that is also the general consensus. I think one of the and one of the things that we talked about obviously is kind of you know, okay. The you know, Antoine Davis is is regarded basically as the preseason player of the year. you know, He's been picked everywhere as the preseason player of the year. Does he, if, if for some reason Detroit stumbles and they finish eighth, what is it, oh, what, what, is it what does it look like? What does that do to his chances of becoming, you know, being named the regular season, you know, the regular season player of the year?
2: Yeah. You know what? To have success down the stretch and in the tournament, does carry some weight i know that it's you know you're trying to go off of the regular season but i mean last year look at Der mcdonald i mean you know it was northern kentucky that got out of the conference tournament mm-hmm. by getting in there all of a sudden you know you, you see what they were able to accomplish and uh, so I, I do see the validity to what you're saying I mean, mm-hmm. you can't you can't miss the tournament and be considered a super valuable player to your team so they're, they're going to have to get some help for him. And he's going to have to help himself. So, you know, he had a big offseason this past year. So we'll see, you know, if he put the time in. He's still going to roll out of bed and score 20. The question is, is A, can he get his teammates involved? And, B, can they be good enough to take just a little bit of pressure off of him because if you give him an inch, he takes a mile. So yeah. just giving him that extra inch will go a long way for him and the rest of that squad.
0: And I'm also sure they would love an assist from the NCAA sometime soon. Would be nice.
2: Yeah, no kidding. I mean, I,
0: I do think there's still a chance for that, especially considering their argument of, hey, like, we had
2: nothing to do with this. That's true. <laughs> you know, it, like th- th- this happened five years ago, and none of this was under the watch of anybody who's still on this coaching staff or on this roster. So, you know, and we've talked about this, you know, I'm sure you guys have talked about this on different shows where is it fair? And you can do it over basketball or college football yeah. to penalize a group of kids for what a previous regime or a previous roster did.
0: It just yeah. doesn't
2: seem fair. And so, you know, I think we take out the the, the technicalities and just look at common sense and the intention and the spirit of the rule yeah. and i think the ncaa wouldn't have to think very hard about it
0: and yet somehow common sense is kind of a fleeting thing in it and the ncaa offices from time to time so we'll see we're
1: dealing, with that, rashad, or we're dealing with that with the rashad williams stuff right now where you know no one at cleveland state was was there when rashad started there but yet they're the ones that have Made his life difficult, and made it so he was denied. You know, it's it's the NCAA sucks. I I can say that I have no affiliation, with anything, so I I don't care. I think Wait, it's a, waiting on the NCAA is
2: like waiting on the DMV. <laughs> I mean, it's just it, it, it's just there's just a long. You know, bring your phone. Find something to do, and they'll you'll hear from them when they call your name.
0: And they'll have an attitude at the end of it, and make it seem like you're if you missed something, you're dumb, but, which that's awesome. And so, <laughs> um. <laughs> Last thing, uh, one last thing I wanted to ask, obviously, since we have Matt on, who's an Oakland fan. And, of course, we have the, the, the you know, we have the Oakland-Detroit-Mercy, uh, that whole thing. Um, and as we know, of course, the issue has been that Oakland has pretty much dominated that series for several years. Is it? Are we going to get to a point where Detroit-Mercy finally gets back in the game?
2: Yes. I mean we have to at some point, right Matt? I mean <laughs> I mean <laughs> I could I mean look, they were ill equipped to have that, you know, that real fighting chance last year. I mean, essentially and you saw this, I mean they were basically going 1 on 5 for the majority of the season. And so you know, how different is that this year? I don't know. I mean, it's, there there are some similarities, although I think spacing, like we talked about, is going to be a little bit better this year as it was last year. So, in terms of, you know, will Detroit find success against Oakland, you know, they almost beat the Grizzlies back in, you know, Detroit in the first meeting between those two teams. And I remember Greg Campy saying that, you know, that win for his team was easily the biggest one they had had that whole season. He was definitely concerned. And I think more importantly than anything else, he wanted to set a tone against Mike Davis. You know I mean? That's, that's a big 10, you know, matchup, if you will. I mean, that's a, that's a guy who's been able to coach and have success in one of the bigger conferences in all the country. So I do think in time, we're going to see that, but is it this year? I mean, look at Oakland right now. I mean, that roster is very very green i mean there's a lot of new faces and we see that year in and year out And if anybody can find a Braden norris it's probably great campy so we'll we'll see who he's able to pull out of his hat they still have a lot of height they've got a lot of good big with hill Mays. they've got obviously with brad brechting i've really become a fan of his game they've got some pieces down low so they're going to be a handful for anybody they play
1: and you know, who's actually going to be the biggest handful because everyone knows about, you know, Brechting and Hill Mays because that's, you know, they've been around. If you haven't watched any, any film or anything, Daniel Ladapo is going to be a terror in the horizon. Like he's, he's that. Yeah. Third, you know what? You're not the player. first
2: person that's mentioned that I, I've seen some stuff on him and boy, I mean, that's, that's a talent and you give him, you put those guys next to Hill Mays, next to Brechting. I mean. That's, poison. that's like something out of Space Jam. I mean, <laughs> those are the Monstars right there.
1: <laughs> all they need is someone to get them the ball, which they kind of are lacking right now. It's that point guard problem. But, man, those three, I mean, yeah, we, we played Goshen. It wasn't, you know, no no one's making it to be anything other than what it was. But yeah. three yeah. games now, I mean, exhibitions and all that. Daniel Adapa looks like the real deal. If that team can stay healthy with those three bigs, that's scary on, for, any,
2: for anybody in the Rising because nobody's got that kind of size they're just so good in terms of player development. And I always respect coaches and coaching staff who can excel in that area. It's almost like, you know, the names change out every year, but the results remain the same. And that's one thing that I've always been very jealous in some ways and, and really admired as to what they've been able to do over there. And I think that's one of the reasons that Detroit Mercy took the leap with Mike Davis or trying to find, Uh, a similarity where they can find guys kind of unearth diamonds in the rough, just in the same way that is going on up in Auburn Hills. And Bob, I don't know if you know this,
1: Dan used to at least fill in, I think for Oakland games. I know you've called some Oakland games in your, in your
2: past life too. Haven't you not? (laughs) (laughs) yeah Ah. they burned the tapes i'm sure (laughs) i think there was some some women's basketball back in the day i think it may have helped out neil with the with the game or two on the on the men's side as well i can't remember it's been a long time but
0: yeah there was a a time there you go okay all right well dan um uh, that's gonna wrap it up for us so dan thank you very much for uh joining us uh dan tell everybody where they can find you um on the radio and online
2: yeah well uh basically the flagship station is uh nine ten superstation. so you can obviously in the, the easier way in two thousand and nineteen is just to go on your phone and go online and find it so I would go to detroit mercy uh, on their on their website so detroit titans dot com but another easy way nine ten a m superstation. You, you click the button and it sends the right to our broadcast you can also listen to it through the website so uh and I will say this if you want to listen if you listen to any part of the broadcast do yourself a favor and listen to the conversation with mike davis after every game because it is amazing (laughs) i've never talked to somebody who i honestly have thought we we might we might have to dump what he's about to say (laughs) because it might give us an fcc violation he is totally raw in those moments And there have been times, and it's my low-key personal favorite, when he finishes the interview and you just hear the sound of a (laughs) thud in the background of the conversation, and then he walks away and then you hear something that you're really happy that he didn't say 20 seconds prior. his His stuff is great, and I love talking to him because he gives you stuff that's not kind of wrapped in a nice pretty bow it's very honest and it's it's very genuine and that's the kind of thing that people can relate to
1: can we get a Campy and davis like press conference where they're both just unfiltered at the same time like not even one at a time but both of them in the same room and just hear what they both have to say about a situation at yeah the no scene. kidding those, those,
0: those, two, those two have figured that out and
2: i wish a lot of the other coaches in the league would take a page out of their playbook yeah
0: and um where can everybody find you online, uh, Dan?
2: Well, uh if you go to Twitter, it's at that Dan Hasty. Uh you can just find me over there. We'll obviously be, you know, talking a whole lot about the NC State, the Clemson, the Wyoming trips and Gonzaga. I'm a sucker for a photo of an arena or stadium. So there will be many of those in nice. the coming weeks.
0: Very good. All right. Uh so that's gonna about do it. Um you can uh as always, you can find episodes of the Horizon Roundtable on our website at uh, horizonroundtable.com. You can find us wherever podcasts are available, and I don't think we missed any of them. Now, I think we're on every every one of them. Um, and you can use uh, you can pull us up on your Amazon Echo or your Google Home devices. Um, we we don't do lyrics, so if you have one of those Amazon devices with the with the uh, with the display, all you're just going to see is the Horizon Roundtable logo. Sorry, we're not transcribing it. <laughs> it takes a while to put this together anyway. So, but, um, but again, Dan, thank you very much for coming on. And as always, thank you for listening.
2: Guys, thanks for having me. Keep up the good work.
0: Thanks for coming on, man. We really appreciate it. That, that was great. Thanks.